Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, and welcome to your pre-Thanksgiving Laurie and Julia show here on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. We're going to get your appetite going into high gear with the stuff we're talking about today. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Donnie. High gear and sad gear. Yeah, David Cassidy. I got so many texts last night from friends saying, I know you're thinking about David Cassidy, and I was like, I... Was not on Twitter, so I was like oh. glad to you know and know, and we kind of knew that that he was going to pass away right. because he was in uh, liver failure and other organ failure, and you know <clears throat> I just I think of him doing that Doctor Phil interview like just a few it seems like just like was, eight or nine months ago, yeah, February of 2016 last yeah. year, and he said I have dementia, I'm not touring anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think on this show, though, since we oh. first started, that was one of our very first interviews and one of our very first... It was our first big it promotion. First, it yes. was our first promotion. An interview. Yes. Because yes. we interviewed him on the phone first in a small little studio, so we've been on for 15 and a half years. Mm-hmm. And, we and thought- after the interview, he said... I think I love you. Oh, oh David. And I mean, that was the first single we ever bought in our house. Um, I think I love you. You know, you didn't live here at the time when that show was on, but Friday nights were everything. The yeah. Brady Bunch, The Partridge Family, and Room 222. And mm-hmm. it was just Keith Partridge was everything. Yeah, I mean, we were. I was aware of him and yep. everything because I got... You know, you were in Asia. uh, Yeah, we were in Japan, but we listened to Casey Kasem's top forty every Saturday, and and every once in a while, my my aunt Janet, who was four years older, would remember to mail me her outdated Tiger Beats to me, and uh, you know, I mean, yeah, we loved his music, and then of course, you know, Partridge Family and reruns for so so long and he was so cute with his feathered hair and he was in the so the first promotion we i think ever did here was um we came up with um people had to name what our bus would be named because we had tickets from Malax lake grand casino which i don't even think is open anymore yeah, is it still open yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. okay so that was like our first promotion so we had all these listeners Name it. It was Jefferson who came up yep. with no time. We're no, no time for, for chastity. Cassidy. We're off, off to, to see Cass. David Cassidy. It's yes. off to Cassidy. Off to see Cassidy. Oh, oh gosh! Hi, There's Jefferson. A big banner on the side of the bus. I, I know. Oh, yeah, and, and I still have all the pictures, Tony of us. <laughs> oh. And 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 then that that day, but we didn't find out till that night was the night that Casey got he got in a, he got hit by a motorcycle. Right. So it was like August. 
eighth or seventh, two thousand and thirteen. But two thousand and three. Two thousand three. Excuse me. We had no idea, and we were like so excited that we got to be backstage, and we were, we were going to introduce him. And, and we have a picture of us, and, and Lori wore a satin skirt. David Cassie wore a satin black satin top, all black, and I had black satin pants on. And he was getting a picture, and we'd already met him on the phone a couple mm-hmm. times and stuff. And he says, "You know what they say? We're all wearing satin. And you know what they say, say about what, satin? What and we just were we like, just yeah, said, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. And we didn't know, but no. you know, we're like satin bed sheets. I yeah. we don't know. We don't know. We were just laughing, and then we were so happy, so happy that night. Oh. And then we found out about the accident later at a bar when we were summoned." Yes, they found us. It was in a like bar. this magical day, but I mean, it still was such. I mean, our we're giddy in all these photos, and we've tweeted them and Insta, Did yeah, you Instagram yeah. Lori A N D Julia? Yeah. And then a fan gave us this album years ago. Cherish David Cassie. This was his very first album. Mm, he's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. By Bell Records. It was a silver label. In case anyone wonders. Anyway, should we, should we, let's, should we, we listen to some, well, let's listen to the G, uh, the, the Today Show audio where they just kind of talk summarize about, his, summarize his whole life and everything, and then we'll get into it. Uh, I've got a technical problem. No, Donnie, oh, don't gosh. even tell us that. We no, can't. I'm not, I'm not getting audio from my computer, so. Oh, I'm surprise, gonna have to go surprise. I'm going to sing it then. This morning I woke up with this feeling right in the middle of a good dream. He doesn't have audio. I think I think I may have figured out the problem. Okay, hang on a second here. He's doing so well in my singing. He has the music. The definitive teen idol of his era. David Cassidy smiled and sang his way into the hearts and minds and diaries of millions of young women. In magazines like 16, on the ABC sitcom The Partridge Family. Come on, get happy. Featured on the show from 1970 to 1974 as Keith Partridge, alongside Susan Day, Danny Bonaducci, and his real-life stepmother, Shirley Jones, David Cassidy was dreamy, talented and approachable and unthreatening, slightly androgynous and super crushworthy, as those screams confirmed. I was the first really marketed rock music star that became lunchboxes, bubblegum cards, and all that. From the mid-70s onward, Cassidy found success acting on stage and on TV. He recorded and he toured. Personal challenges lay ahead, though. There'd be a series of arrests for DUI. Early in 2017, he would announce that he suffered from dementia. What do you want to most be remembered for? Spreading love. Bringing light into people's lives. Giving everything in my heart and soul. Because I know I'm a loving, caring human being. I don't mind being remembered for being an alcoholic. I don't mind being that. He died in Fort Lauderdale at the age of 67. The teen idol for all time. You're also the greatest at your job that we've seen in our lifetime though, right? You'd agree with that, wouldn't you? Well, of course I was. (laughs) 
and that is that the got, saddest thing it, ever when he said, I don't mind being reminded. That was on Dr. I was Phil. Yeah, that was on do- that Dr. Phil, that February 2016 interview. And the guy from um, um, that did that reporting, they showed a flashback in that interview of that young, re- that reporter who is now a silver hair. Um, and had interviewed David Cassidy way, way back when. And, you know, it's like people, like young people um, that maybe haven't seen Partridge Families in rerun. I mean, he would be like a Charlie Puth or the one of the One Direction, one Direction guys or a Justin Bieber. He was just absolutely huge. And, of course, in 1970, I mean, you had the turbulence of the Vietnam War and along comes, you know, this show, he didn't even want to do the show. It was oh, by yeah. the same people who produced the monkeys, mm-hmm. which was that was brought together, you know, specifically, let's get a boy band and have a TV show. Right. And so it was the same uh, company that did that. You know, mm-hmm. let's have a sitcom about a pop band. And he, he didn't really want to do it. He laughed at his agent. Oh, gosh. Uh, at his peak, I mean, he was such a big deal. All right, so you said he's so short because we were looking at the picture of you and I with him. One thing on his IMBD page, it says he was five six and a half. Another one says he was five eight. No um, way, was he five eight? I, no, I don't think so. He had an operation early on, which um, left his optical nerve, was wrapped around a blood vessel, so he kind of had a wonky eye a mm. little bit later in life. Um, this is a really classic one, his allergies. He was allergic to garlic. Yeah. I mean, don't you remember, like... In Tiger Beat, every bloody detail about him and well, his everything. Yeah, I mean, because he came between, he came after Bobby Sherman and the Monkees mm-hmm. and before Donny Osmond. Mm-hmm. That's where he. His sweep and before Michael Jackson. The Jackson well, yeah, Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. right about the same time, actually, as the Jacksons. 1970. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was right around the same time the Jacksons hit big. So mm-hmm. it was perfect timing for another, you know. Yeah. Good looking uh, singer. And and the Partridge family was on for four years, which is respectable for a show with a, you know, teen idol. Mm-hmm. And in 1972, and what he told Rolling Stone magazine in, a you know, years after interview, his career peak, he headlined Madison Square Garden in 72, wearing the kind of white jumpsuit that Elvis had worn yes, in the Aloha special. Because after Elvis did that in 72... Everybody started doing the, the one-piece jumpsuits. Yeah, because yeah. it was easier to perform in. Yeah, and um, so yeah, he. But he basically, you know, he kind of like s- stopped his career at the top of it and thought he would just go and act. Oh, one hundred percent. And I think it. it yeah. Well, we'll come back. We'll come to back it. to yeah. it. We've got oh, so much David. So Cassidy. many memories. Yeah, we got to sing. And if anyone needs to call us and tell us about a personal encounter maybe you were a groupie and you want to disguise it and say it was a friend go ahead 651 641 1071 we'll be right back all right i know oh once that became a hit then david cassidy started working on his uh, solo career albums Mm -hmm. and cherish of course uh was went gold julia just so you know it went gold 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 Mm -hmm. and uh yeah. But he was in bands when he was young. Yeah. Um, he played the clarinet, drums, piano, guitar. His first band was named Panes of Glass. When he was 14 years old, they played a couple party gigs. And um, he also just, I think he couldn't, he got sick of his thing after, like we were just talking off the air after. Um, he was such a big darn deal. More people in his fan club than Elvis Presley and the Beatles. 
And well, he set an attendance record in 1972 at the Houston Astrodome and 56,700 tickets to two matinees on the same day. Jeez. That was two groups on the same right. day. Yeah, and then right. Madison Square Garden was filled five balconies full an hour before the matinee with 21,000 females. The same girls who more than 20 years you know, earlier would have wept for Sinatra and 10 years earlier for Elvis. And it was just like, you know, teenage girls. And it was young girls, a lot of young girls from the Partridge family that had their you know, lunch boxes oh. and the bubble gum and the scrapbooks and everything. But he, in an interview he gave in 1972, May 11th, he was already talking. The 72, because he basically quit touring in 1974 after 800 people were crushed in London and one 14-year-old girl was killed. Yep. He, it just, that just broke him. He, he yep. couldn't believe that. And it was just such... Such chaos mm -hmm. uh, at the concerts. And he told Rolling Stone this May 11th. He said in 72, he's only 22 years old. Yeah, he mm -hmm. said. And he so he's only been in the thing since 1970. He said there'll be a time when this whole thing will be over. I won't do concerts anymore. I won't wake up in the morning feeling drained. I won't be working a punch card schedule. I've had to sing when I have horse. I've had them with a gun at my head, almost saying record because we've got to get the album out by Christmas. I'll feel real good when it's over. I have an image of myself in five years. I'm living on an island. The sky is blue. The sun is shining. I'm smiling. I'm healthy. I'm a family man. My skin is brown and leathery with a little oh, bit of growth. Wow. My hair is really long, and I've got some gray hair already. Wow. It was exhausting, I think, yep. for him, and he really yearned. He was a bubblegum teenage and he, idol, and he wanted to be like a Mick, rock and roll star, Mick Jagger. He was and friends he with John did, Lennon. Yeah, mm -hmm. he he. Oh, I mean, the people that the like Marie Osmond and Brian Wilson and his brother from TV, Danny Bonaduce, all have just put the most sweetest things. Like he was like really a, a dear man. Mm -hmm. <sighs> And he was married three times. He has two different kids, Bo, and who was born in ninety one, and then the uh, Katie, Katie from Arrow. Yeah, Katie Cassidy. Mm -hmm. Oh Lordy! Well, you know, I will tell you a little story about that song. I think I love you. Maybe tell me. Donnie knows it. I don't know. So he 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 was. He said, "Listen, he, this is in the Rolling Stone interview." Okay. He told in in May seventy two. He said, "I was an actor. My goal was not to be a star, but he decided that he needed to forget trying to get on Broadway because his dad, Jack Cassidy, and he was on Broadway. Yeah, once. but I mean that yep. he wasn't going to. He didn't see a big." Future for it's him. It's a Tony Award in his future. No, so uh, he was encouraged to go to Hollywood. And I, so five weeks after he returned to Hollywood from Broadway, he uh, went from earning $150 a day to television guest star roles and then the script for The Partridge Family. And when I first read it, I thought it was terrible. I was thinking about these. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Lines like, gee, mom, can I borrow the keys to the car? And I couldn't bring myself to do that because... I had all these heavy things I'd been doing and trying to learn how to do while right. being on Broadway. And I called my agent. I said, you've got to be kidding. And uh, and they, she said, no, just go in there. And then when I got in the studio and they said, well, let's see if you can sing. He's like, I'm not going to cut bubblegum records. And we were, you know, I want to do the blues and rock mm-hmm. and roll. And all of a sudden I'm going to sing I Think I Love You. And the radio stations didn't like the song at first either. Mm. But when the record came out... The, the Partridge Family Record? No, or, I Think I Love You. It was okay. just released just as a single. The Bell Records, yes. who put it out, thought it was going to be a huge smash. And what happened was that it was only little towns were playing it. The big markets didn't want to play it. They said, let the TV show break in that show, which I understood. Finally, this is David Cassidy mm-hmm. telling Rolling Stone, one little town in... Iowa, Cedar Rapids, Stop. played the record, and it went from 40 to number one in two days. Stop. Yeah. Now everybody cuts it. Percy Faith, the Boston Pet Pops. It was written for me. I've got good writers working for me, and I want people to know I like to sing that song. I stand naked. That's the best word I can think of and say this is how I am. Oh, David. I know it. I know it. And, you know, in this, there's really a lot of if, you know, I mean, he just was like, he's got a lot of, there's a lot of amazing stories out there. Mm -hmm. The New York Times had an incredible obituary about him. And, of course, you hate to, like, say this, but when... It came out last weekend that he was, was in such organ dire failure. organ failure. They were working on his obit. That's yeah. right. I mean, they, they, we know this yeah, about know newspapers that. and about um, entertainment shows that they're already working on. Stuff. Yeah. And the worst thing that ever happened to him, he told Rolling Stone magazine. Now, this is before he goes to London two so years later. So this is in 1972. He's a 22 year old kid. Yeah. He, he, um, at that time, he said, Cleveland, the security wasn't good enough. And they said, listen, you may not make it. And I didn't. It happened. Happened really fast. The, the women, the girls crowded around me and came down on top of me. I got down on my hands and knees and started crawling. Someone who worked for the monkeys told me to do that, and it worked. They just didn't know how to deal with me in that position because what they wanted is your hair. They want to grab your hair. Oh. And my scalp is sensitive, and I get crazy when anyone grabs my hair. I can just cry. It hurts so much. And later in life, he had a hair transplant. Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh. Anyway, well, we've got so we have more about the Partridge family we'll get to later in the show and yeah. Shirley Jones' stepmom and yeah. his brothers and everything. But oh David. Seven one. Everything. That is a perfect song for our next guest. Desi Oakley is in studio and she is playing Jenna in um the Waitress. Waitress, which is at the uh, Orpheum. It just opened last night. Welcome to town. Thank you. Was it the crowd on fire, Desi? It was pure fire. Oh. The audience was it was like they were on stage with us. I mean it was oh. they were roaring. I mean, the show is always well received, but particularly I have to say 
It was one of our best audiences really? ever. Really? Oh, well, like, that's we good to hear. We love that movie with Carrie Russell. Russell and Wait, tell people about, because I know What's Sarah Bareilles, yep. you know, did, kind of did this. Give yeah. us the story of the show. Yeah, so it's absolutely Adrian Shelley's screenplay adapted by Jesse Nelson, who did our book. And it is, it's basically, if you love the film, you're going to love we the Tell everyone it, that, what the story yeah, is. Yeah, so we sort of zoom in on Jenna, which is my character, mm-hmm. Jenna Hunterson. And she's a waitress. <laughs> well, go figure. Yeah. And she's figure. more actually more than a waitress. She's more she's actually a pie maker. She works at a pie diner. Uh-huh. And so she invents and creates these these pies, 27 different pies. Wow. It's it's amazing. She was Baker Square before Baker Square. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And so and so she you know, she's we sort of meet her in a place that is it's she's not happy and it's obvious that she's not happy. She's in a loveless marriage. She is not um, in touch with her reality. Mm-hmm. She's actually, not only is she really good um, at making pies, but she's also good at sort of burying her reality in pies. She just doesn't like to face it. And her best buddies at the diner sort of are, are opening her eyes and opening her heart to who she really is. And, you know, does she believe she's good enough to, or, 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 enough in general to fight for what she loves and to pursue her dreams. I mean, it's this awakening of self. So mm-hmm. when people watch the show, not only are they tapping their toes to this really awesome cerebralis music, mm-hmm. but they're it's you're hard pressed not to turn inward and be like, whoa, am I doing that? Where yeah, where mm-hmm. am I at? Mm-hmm. You know, or it's so real. Right. And Adrian Shelley's script, you know, we a lot of these are her words and we're some it's it's hard to separate even Desi from Jenna. That's how real it is. So it's it's amazing. It's That's amazing. So, what a great opportunity for you. Now, yeah. we were talking about... Because this got nominated for Tony. Yeah. And, oh, it's you know, And it's relatively show. new. What, like three years? Yeah, yeah, less than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three years. Um, yeah. And then, and the, of course, the tour. this is the first national tour. I mean, we're launching. This is all brand new. We're right. originating this cast. And here, you're, so. you're only here until um, Sunday. 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 Yeah. yeah. So people and tickets are available at Hennepin Theater Trust. It's at the Orpheum. But oh, yeah. you have some matinees built That's in. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, Friday matinee, Saturday matinee, Sunday matinee. Which is, how's, so, how are you holding up with yeah, all that? Yeah, I love it. good. So we have your CD from, um, I haven't heard any of the music from um, Waitress. What's your favorite song to sing? Because maybe Donnie could cue <laughs> oh, it up and you goodness. can sing along. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Maybe. Um, let's see. The it CD changes player by here the, doesn't it work. It changes by the. Oh, we the can't week. play it anyway. No, so never mind. Oh, okay. Well, you'll have to find it. It's available. You got to download. You got to download. What's your the, favorite song? Okay, it changes by the week because honestly, they're all so amazing. My favorite song to sing is "Soft Place to Land." Should we sing it together? <laughs> you don't even know. What. I do too. It's a soft <laughs> place. Sing it with me, Desi. That was that was close. I know. Well, how does it start? Really, you want yeah. me to sing it? Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'll sing it with you. Sometimes I still see her, my mother, the dreamer. She'd say nothing's impossible, child. Oh, oh my gosh. Cry. Wow. I'm crying all day today. What yeah. the heck's with the tears? You're <laughs> well, lovely. You you're, that, that is lovely. You're emotional you're so over sweet. David Cassidy. I am so. Well, were the you, show's emotional, too. I know. Yeah. Well, Waitress is. Well, you know who had the cast from Waitress on at least three times, and I saw them perform, was NBC. Absolutely. They loved having Sarah was on, and I feel like last year for the Macy's Thanksgiving, they. Yep. The cast was on. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, all of the people, Matt and everybody, really big fans of the show. So oh, I'm, yeah. 
I am excited. That you, that I bet, are so fantastic in it, Desi. Thank you. Well, what other, honestly, what other sh- Sarah's like Sarah's music is really what brings you know this story because the the film didn't have any music in sure, it. It was just right. a regular movie and. Right? Sarah took this. Well, the thing about Sarah's music, it's so relatable and ever you're singing the hook in your head. And so that's what's so cool about this musical. We're not your average musical. We go from because it's so effortless to hear Sarah's music. We can go from scene to song effortlessly. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we're in the middle of a song and you're like, oh, wow, they're singing. I mean, but because it's so conversational and it's so relatable. Oh, oh, I love that. All right, So Desi, were you a theater kid? Were you a big theater geek? Like, However, I was no child prodigy. You like, were not. Okay. You never tried out on Star Search or anything else. I I definitely didn't find my voice until probably high school, like freshman or sophomore. So, what like was your first 14th. show? I was eight years old. Okay. In the most happy fella, which is a kind of unknown musical, but directly following the following year, I was um, I made my starring role debut as Brigitte von Trapp in The Sound oh, of Music. Absolutely. At nine years old. And, um, and I'll that never it? forget, I've, I told my mom in the audience, I told her this at nine years old, and she wrote this down, and she reminds me all the time. I said to her, Mom, when you go and you sit in the audience, it's really my voice that's singing. It's not... <laughs> It's not anybody else. Like you're gonna. It's really me. Yeah. You know. That's and so she, cute. And she goes, I know, honey. <laughs> okay, that's so sweet. That so, so how did you? Because you're from Kansas. Yes. Did you go to a musical college? I did. I, yeah, I studied at the University of Michigan. I have my BFA in musical theater. It's and basically like a degree in Broadway. How did you get your first big break though on Broadway? Because you've been in other plays before. I mean, did waitress. you move to yes, New York and be a waitress? No, I no. did not. Hilariously, no. I've never actually waitressed. People ask me that a lot, and it's I really so wish. So, um, I, uh, no, I moved to New York city with two suitcases and a dream seriously Mm -hmm. and tons of support. And obviously then my education and I worked so hard about seven months after I moved, I got my Broadway debut in wicked. Oh gosh. What role did you play? I was in the ensemble. Oh, I understudied Nessa Rose, which is Alphaba's sister. And I've, I've moved on to eventually understudy Alphaba and went on for the green witch and, Defied gravity and did all of that, that awesome stuff. And, and that so, is awesome. It is awesome. Because that song is everything. Yes, and the show gravity. is everything. It's everything. I mean, just blockbuster hit, you know. And so anyway. Were um, you on Broadway then or were you on Broadway, a traveling? Both. I actually ended up doing the, the national tour and the Broadway production. How fun. If you're just joining us, we're with Desi Oakley. She's a Midwest gal and she is the lead character in Waitress. She plays Jenna, which is uh, happening right now. At the Orpheum Theater with a matinee on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and oh, also evening nice. shows. It's It would be something different to do on Black Friday. Absolutely. I mean, oh my how goodness, fun yes. to oh, go and do this. Come and join us. It's a blast. It's oh, a I love it. Blast. So as far as traveling out, you know, and being on the road and stuff, um, has Sarah Bareilles, like, have you met her? Oh, of course. Yes. She was, she, alongside all of the creative team, was so heavily involved in our rehearsal process in, you know, in hiring us, hiring me. I mean, mm-hmm. And um, she sort of mentored me through this role. I mean, she had played it. So she stepped yes. in on Broadway yes, for a short did. extended amount of time, which, by the way, is the coolest thing I've ever heard. I mean, it's that's groundbreaking. Yeah. yeah. That, a, that a composer of a show also played the role that you're... That's insane. Yeah, it's yes. not like she was. That's was like Angela Weber playing the Phantom. Like right? that would be like that would be like mm. insane. So anyway, she is just an 
all-star who can do, she's just literally a woman of so many hats. And so she sort of gently guided me and took me under her wing and sort of said, hey, I've not only played this role, but I created sort of this role. I wrote all of these songs and, and um, whether it was how to tie my apron a certain way so it didn't get tangled or if, you know, little moments like that, but also, you know, in the notes and how I sing the song. And she just encouraged me so much. She said she was just so pleased with my performance and she supported me so much. And I mean, it was pretty much a dream come true. I mean, truly my my 16-year-old, 17-year-old self would just be dying. Yeah, yeah. You're literally just you're, losing my mind. You're like infectious. How exciting. <laughs> How much fun to meet you, Desi. It's so nice to be here. Desi Oakley. We're going to be watching for Desi Oakley. Yeah, you do have a great name. You do. Thank you. For the stage. Born with but it. Born with it. Didn't change it. People think they're like, yeah. what a staging. What's your real name? And I'm like, well, technically I was born Desiree. Desiree. But I've never... Never been. I hated it as a kid. I yeah, it's a long. I didn't name. mean that mean, but no. it's kind of just a weird. It's name. formal. It's yes. very, very formal, and I love my name. Yeah. But then Desi is even you know much Desi's more of a so Desi. Desi's so cute. Yeah, it's the, like I felt that way about my name, Lorreen. Okay, oh, like, pretty name, but in kindergarten I was like, Can oh, you can- call me Lori. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> like such a big lady. I relate, big I relate lady. to you. Yeah. but you've never changed back to Lorene. You're always no, still no. See? Julia when she yells was, at me calls I me Lorene. Right, but people said to me, when you're older, you might be Desiree. Still not. I don't Mm-mm. think I'll be just Mm-mm. like you know. Yeah. Yep. Keep my those four Keep letters. My name. Yeah. Okay, you're starring in Waitress. People can go see you. What fun. Tickets start at $39, too, by the way. Yeah. Star Tribune described this show as soulful and very good. So that would be Are nice you having thing a showmance? Are you in love with the baker, the lead uh <laughs> The lead guy on the set? No, I mean, honestly, I am having a showmance with every single cast member mm-hmm. because everyone's unbelievable. Like, this story takes certain people to tell it. Like I was telling you, it's really real. It's kind of gutsy. It's very... It's empowering. It is empowering. And yeah. we're talking about kind of themes. a bad marriage. We're talking about themes that mm-hmm. are really relevant. And so to look every single cast member in the eye every night, I mean, and to get their energy in order to support me, I, I mean, my character, I, I leave the stage for like four minutes mm-hmm. for the entire That's like, it. two oh, hours. Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I, I feel their support and their energy and their connection. And that's the only way this works. And then it's bubbling in the audience. I mean, it's just, I call it theater magic. It's theater magic. I mean, there's nothing like it. There's well, just nothing like theater that. magic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> gosh. You have just went up. We, we got to go, Jules. Breath of pressure. I'm so excited for you and your career in the show, Waitress. Go see it. When we come back, what are we chatting about, Lorraine? Mario Cantone got dishy about Sex in the City 3 in the movie and why it is not happening. We'll be right back with oh, David Cassidy. That's so good. And, of course, Julia, if it wasn't for the Partridge family, the VH1, when they had casting at... The old Guthrie, when they were going to do the, they were doing a reality show about recasting and redoing mm-hmm. the TV show. And I, I, we went to the tryouts. I went to both days. You did. I went to both days. It was a Saturday and Sunday. Carrie Ann and Naba was the choreographer. And they mm-hmm. had all these people from all over the Midwest trying out to be Danny and, you know, Lori and David, of course. Right. And, um, the show never happened, but the company that was producing the show, I mean, the reality show happened for that little bit, but they didn't ever redo the show. They were going to redo the Partridge family. Well, who was cast as Susan Day was Emma Stone, Lori. Yeah. It did happen. And, and Rosalind, that's how we got on right. the side awards. Uh, no, I mean, I know. I was there. Be- 
pretending I had a microphone in my bag while I was interviewing her boss. And I was the only person who showed up in media the second day. And she's like, you should come to the other show we produced, the SAG Awards. Oh. And the rest is history. And the rest oh is history. Oh, my gosh. But that show never made it to air, is what I'm saying. You know, that they mm-hmm. did, uh, the, it just didn't get picked up, if right. you will. Oh, oh my gosh. So, yeah, we are tied. Okay, so yesterday I told you that Wendy, you know, Wendy Williams, she's actually really, she's having fun in her ninth year. She had Michelle Dockery on today, of course, who plays Letty on Good Behavior, and she's in another... Godless on Netflix. Netflix. Have you watched that, Donnie? I'm going to tonight. Yeah, okay, so it's supposed to be good. yesterday, I think. And she was really lovely, but uh, uh, Wendy had her play a game where she read rap lyrics in her lovely British accent. Oh, lovely. So she did Gin and Juice, and Baby Got Back, just, you know, uh, how regal everything sounds. And yesterday, she said the worst guest she ever had on her show was this guy who laid... His uh, head in her bosom. Bosom. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought it was maybe Kevin Hart by the way she was imitating and doing this voice because I think he has a distinctive voice, but it it was Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, Gilbert. Surprise. Yeah. And she just said he was the worst and she didn't do anything because she was so shocked and the audience was shocked. And then she had Mario Cantona. I'm not sure what. I think Mario was just on for pure fluff, and he and he does it so well. Mario. And we never get to see him on the View anymore. And I just like him so much. And we thought we would get him on like SNL or something mm-hmm. with Scary Moochie, but he was only in his job for like a hot second. Yeah, two weeks. Two yeah. weeks. But Wendy did ask him about Sex in the City, the third movie, and he spoke about it. And here it is. What happened with my movie? With the Sex and the City movie? Yes. Well, it's not It's not going to get done. And yes, we're all very upset about it. I'm very pissed off about it. I had a lovely role in it. <laughs> Willie Willie Garson, who plays Stanford, my husband in it, we, we had a quite a uh, quite a storyline. And you know what? Some of us needed the friggin' work. So That's it's right. really, it's upsetting. So did you ever call Kim? Because it was no, because I didn't call anybody. Remember. I do not get involved. I step back. Whatever their negotiations are, whatever they spoke about, whatever happened, I don't know. All I know is it's not happening, and I'd like to tip over this table like my mother did when she was angry because she was Italian and really pissed off. <laughs> well, do you think that they could do the movie without Samantha? Because I don't. Well, no, no that Michael Patrick King, the writer-director, he's not going to do it without her. Why, would, why, 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 no, it's not going to happen. It's over, so stop it. Stop it! I can't. Just stop it! It's all oh, I can't. Look, I even oh. read that they were thinking about bringing in Nicole Kidman. No, they're not did you hear that? Yes, and Keith Urban's gonna play me. No, that's <laughs> not gonna happen. No, that's not gonna happen at all. Oh, and that's the thing. Some people did need the money, and that oh, it's just so. All of them wanted oh, the work. I know except it. for Kim Cattrall. Oh, it's painful. Mario Canton, gosh bless it. He's so funny. I know. He was so good on The View. He they don't use him anymore. Oh, and I love his Judy Garland like, impression. Oh, he's Liza Manilli. I feel like he wants to be on our show. I don't we know. Tried we tried once. I feel like yeah. it's time because he needs the work. Well, I mean, well, he performs pay, so. at Caroline's, and you know, he does he does stuff, but he is. Uh, he's Hysterical. just delightful. Yeah, I really, really like him. Us Weekly has jumped the gun and said that, you know, Prince Harry and Meghan, you know, are going engaged. to marry. They're engaged. And next up. Well, we've already known that they got engaged 
when they were in Botswana. But she, there are the moving trucks at her place. She's spending that Thanksgiving or the non-Thanksgiving, excuse me. She's spending. She's moved to London. She she's has. moved into Kensington. She has. Palace. Yes. And uh, do you think that's weird that a prince is living in sin? No, it's modern days. <laughs> I mean, I know days. it's modern know. days, but I'm no, just I saying so. I was, I just thought, hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. It, are we just past that now? It's too much. I hope so. Yeah, I All think right. so. I, I right. think so. I, yeah. All I, right. Yeah, I think so. So anyway, they want to sell some magazines on this long holiday weekend, Julia. So that's what Us Weekly done. does. Yeah, Us Weekly does. Donnie, should we play a little bit? Mm. This is a story that's airing on 2020 tonight about all your favorite Christmas movies. Oh, yes. Like, you know, A Christmas Story and of a Christmas a vacation. Life. Maybe Donnie just play whatever we can. Okay, cuz we want let's let's talk uh let's the, the Peter Billingsley about a deleted scene, scene from, from a, a Christmas, Christmas story. story. Okay. okay. Let's do that. In a Christmas story, give us something we don't know. Well, there was one scene deep, actually deep, deep, All right, I'll, I'll give you something I've never talked about before. One scene that never made it to the movie, a huge fantasy scene. There was a lot of those in the film, but there was mm-hmm. a big one that was in outer space and Ralphie saved Flash Gordon. Um, in a huge space scene, but it was ultimately too much for the movie. It was cut, and unfortunately, it was before DVD, so it's lost forever. Oh. And I think there's one still out there, if you deep dive on the internet, that you can find with me in a silver little set of shorts, which isn't too flattering. In, so, in the movie, it, you wanted a Red Baron BB gun. A Red Rider BB gun. Red Rider BB gun. Yeah, yeah, that was your right. whole wish. Yeah. So growing up... Was there something that you wished for as a kid? I wanted a metal detector as a kid. I was convinced I was going to find buried treasure, and I could leave all the acting behind. It never worked out, though. And he played Ralphie. Yeah, and yes. he's a producer, and mm-hmm. he did have a... Uh, uh, Will Ferrell cast him in a little cameo in Elf. You know, yes, to he did. I saw that it. tradition, yes. and they sit down with Chevy Chase, and uh, who played the mom. Can we play that uh, when we come ba- back? Barbara... Ugh. No, Val. I can't no, remember. Uh, she had a baby with uh, yeah. she had twins with Melinda Dillon. No, 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 not no. Melinda Dillon. I can't think of no. her name. But they sit down with everybody from sort of because a lot of people feel like Elf, A Christmas Story, and National Lampoon Christmas. You know, these yes. are you They're can classics. watch them over and yes. over and over. And John Favreau. So it's it's on tonight if you're looking for a little 2020. A Here's little another TV. quickie from Peter Billingsley. Okay. Is there any scoop from this special? There is. You know, uh, it was really exciting to go down and talk to these filmmakers and stars about their films. They're so passionate about these. It was not a chore for them. And one pretty cool story was Brian Grazer, the producer of Grinch, revealed that the first day of shooting for Jim Carrey, the makeup took seven hours to put on, which they did not estimate. It was so traumatizing. He called a friend in the CIA who has techniques that, uh, to deal with people who had gone through torture. Really? And they actually had to bring him in to consult with Jim for 48 hours so that he could learn to put on the makeup. Oh, my so gosh. So these are like a lot of the inside stories that you learn, some of the sacrifices these guys made. But ultimately, they love these films, and it was a joy for them to get a chance to talk about them. Yeah, so it's it might be kind of a fun 2020. it would be interesting. And then, of course, on ABC at 9 o'clock. That's right. Beverly yeah. D'Angelo. Thank you, Donnie. Yes. And she had twins with Al Pacino That's at right. the age of, like, 55. That's right. Yeah. All right, listen, we will be back, people.